He's rooting for everybody black. Everybody black. black. More of Tavis Smiley coming your way right now. Right now. Right now. I'm Tavis Smiley. Our guest this hour is Stacy Spikes. He is the entrepreneur and founder of Movie Pass. We'll tell you the story behind that in a moment. Um, Stacy, though, let me let me commence um, by asking why and how technology for you. For those who may have just tuned in, I mentioned uh, minutes ago that you are on the, the list of the. 21 most influential black folk in technology for you, how and why technology? You know, technology is always looking forward. And um, I know that for me, I'm, I'm deeply curious about what's around the corner, what's coming. Uh, technology in whatever form it is, I don't care if it's the shoes on your feet or your phone or anything Something is going to come in the future that's going to disrupt that. And I've always, ever since I've been a little kid, been curious about what is that next new thing that's coming. And so that I just have a natural curiosity about it. Mm -hmm. Um, I take your point that technology um, is always about looking forward. And yet I wonder whether or not uh, sometimes these advances, in fact, have the effect of taking us backwards, if you follow Mm -hmm. me. Definitely. There's a great book called um, Alone Together, and uh, it's an MIT professor who talked about how uh, families can be in the exact same house and no one's talking to each other. But this one's on an iPad, that one's on a phone, that one's playing a video game, and yet they're not communicating the way we used to around the dinner table. Um, it's no coincidence that many people in technology don't allow their kids to have phones and other things very early. I know with our daughter, uh, it, it was later than middle school. She was, she was, uh, it was her last year in middle school before she had a phone. And that was only because we needed to know where she was now that she had a little bit more independence. So uh, I agree, but I think there's also ways to uh, curb that, you know. Mm-hmm. That, raises, that raises two questions for me. Let me do this first. Um, in what ways do you think, given that you have a daughter who you didn't give a phone to until the, her last year in middle school, and I'm sure she was screaming and yelling about that. I can't imagine that your daughter went to her last year of middle school and all her friends had phones and her mom and daddy and her daddy's in the tech space and not decided to give her a phone. I know you caught a hell for that, making her wait that long. Uh, that said, that said, in, in what ways do you think this generation uh, is being negatively impacted by the technology that you and others are bringing us daily? You know, it was funny. We This conversation comes up a lot. And, and uh, so I grew up in the MTV generation, mm-hmm. and we were told that we were having shorter attention spans because we were consuming this three-minute visual content in this constant loop and that our our brains were developing differently and we were no longer going to read books. And, and, you know, there's times where some of that doesn't come out to be true. Um, I think we're all constantly changing. I marvel at, I don't know if you've ever seen the video where they take an iPad into the Amazon rainforest and they hand it to someone who's never seen technology and he knew how to operate it. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's there's some very powerful things that are happening. 
Um, so I, I think being a technologist and a futurist, I'm deeply biased to forward looking, but I also do things like I'll leave the house and not take my phone. Um, I will go camping and be in a tent with no Wi-Fi for two or three weeks. So I, I know the importance of uncon, uh, you know, unplugging from that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's also important to have, you know, the innovations that we can bring forward yeah here's a here's a question i love asking uh technologists whether they're on us whether they're on this program or whether i'm just meeting them somewhere having conversation at some conference always love asking technologists uh, because i can always gauge uh how how truly uh transparent and honest they are by the answer to this one question um it's it's your chosen field uh it's your muse and yet i wonder um what your answer is to what's bad about what's the worst thing about technology I think the worst thing is it, it does disconnect us. It mm-hmm. makes us um, less sensitive to having conversations. I think uh, one of the great things about working in the movie industry, so I'm on the side that I'm about go and watch a movie in a theater. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if you went and saw Nope, but if I saw Nope at home with my wife, that's totally different then I'm up at Magic Johnson at 125th mm-hmm. watching that with mm-hmm. 500 people. And so I think that some there are some things like that that you can use the technology to help people get to the theater. But I still think when the film rolls, us all being in the audience with our phone turned off, I'm a fan of that because I think that's a very powerful experience, just like Thanksgiving and meals – you know, we, we were doing our Thanksgiving over COVID, mm-hmm. you know, with Zoom. But it, when we got back together again and we're able to be in the same place, there's nothing like it. So yeah. I think that's the thing that is, is really important. I don't want to get ahead of this conversation because I do want to get to the Hollywood stuff and get to your creating uh, and founding Movie Pass and get into your book, Black Founder, The Hidden Power of Being an Outsider. A lot to talk about. That's why I'm glad I've got you for the hour, Stacey Spikes. Uh, but let me stay with this point. And again, I don't want to get too too ahead of ourselves, but just since you yeah. went there, I want to ask this question in real time because you just said this in real time. So I don't want to lose it. Um, this, this, this notion of the collective experience, you mentioned seeing Nope in a movie theater and the experience would not have been the same at home. I take your point. There's something about that collective experience of being in a theater with hundreds of other people that does something to and for us. I want to ask you what that is in a moment. Let me preface it by saying, and I want to be honest here, there are some films I will go see with black people and some films I will not go see with Negroes. Uh, and, you, and you take my point. Uh, there's some films I I don't want to be around no black folk. When I, I love my people, but I don't want to watch a movie with none of y'all because I want to hear the dialogue. I, I want to hear the, the, no, 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 no. The dialogue on the screen, not your not your lives from the audience so there's some there's some movies i just know our people like nope nope speaking of nope nope i'm not going to see that film with black people i'll go see this film with black people so it does in fact depend on on the project that's just me but i take your point that you were trying to get across that that there's a collective experience that we have when we all show up together What, what what is that what is that thing that we get from being together watching a film like Nope on a big screen. You know, you you ever notice that you could watch any football game or soccer match 
or concert on your phone. You could watch it. You could do, you know, pretty much any of those things you can do right there on your phone. Mm -hmm. But why are we still building football stadiums? Because human beings like to do things together. Mm -hmm. There's, there's a collective experience. A lot of people don't know that movie going on planet earth is the number one out of home entertainment activity in the world. Mm. Whether you're in China or Russia or Europe or America, every week more than 20 million people choose to go sit in a theater with other strangers and sometimes family members to feel that experience. And sometimes they go to a black theater where they don't necessarily want to hear the movie, but they want to experience it with other people mm-hmm. sometimes. Nope, I get it. Sometimes I get it. Uh, and, that, and that's a fascinating factoid. I mean, I'm not surprised by that, but in all the years of my doing this, I never thought about it in that way. But it makes perfect sense that the number one out-of-home recreational experience that most of us participate in is going to see a movie. I mean, so I totally get it. Uh, and that's the reason why these movies make the kind of money they're making. Uh, speaking of which, um, what do you make? Uh, let me just pivot gently and I'll come back. What do you make of this Barbenheimer weekend that we had a weekend or two ago? This, Yeah, I, I, I hear him. I hear, I hear it already. The Barbie movie, I saw yesterday, Barbie has now crossed over $750 million. I didn't see that yeah. coming. Uh, that a movie nope. Barbie could make that kind of money crossed over seven fifty, uh, still made like ninety six million last weekend, three weeks in, uh, and Oppenheimer is now past four hundred million, um, and it, it's 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 all the talk of this industry, particularly at a moment when everybody's out on strike. But those numbers are pretty th- those numbers are pretty amazing. Uh, h- how do you read it as a as a Hollywood movie person, Stacy Spikes? It's extraordinary. I mean, the numbers we had this past weekend, the largest fourth week of July, which is the biggest movie month there is Mm -hmm. in history, in all of cinema history. We had when Barbie and Oppenheimer that weekend, it was the third largest fourth of July weekend in the history of cinema. So it, it just goes so I remember when people, when the pandemic, we were in the middle of it and everyone streaming is the future. Theaters are going to be gone the way of record stores. It's all over. And the thing that I kept telling people, I said, a concert is the live event of the music industry. Mm-hmm. Cinema is the live event of movie going. Mm. You never hear us say there's not going to be any more concerts. Mm-hmm. There's not going to be more football. We're not going to go. We're just going to watch everything in, uh, you know, cyberspace or, or in VR, and we're going to look at it on our phones. Mm-hmm. So I really believe that you're seeing a resurgence and a reminder to so many people who really love that communal experience. That's only second to going to church or synagogue, mm-hmm. you know. Um, to your point, um, are there ways in which you think this strike, this Hollywood strike, as you know, uh, sag after which I'm a member, uh, sag after is out on strike along with uh, our brothers and sisters in in, in, in uh, the screen, in um, in the Writers Guild. So everybody, this this whole town, you know, this station's heard across the nation and now we're in syndication nationally. Thank you uh, for that, everybody. Um, but we're, we're flagshipped in Los Angeles. Uh, I sit in Lamert Park right now and this whole town is shut down because the writers are out, the actors are out, everybody's out, we're on strike right now. 
Um, yeah. Are there ways in which you think this strike, if extended, if it goes too long, ends up hurting your industry, ends up doing irreparable damage. I think now the baseball strike years ago and other strikes I can think yeah, of yeah. that it took a long time yeah. for these industries yeah. to recover from a strike that was extended at the moment. As you know, there are no talks even scheduled in the strike in, right. in this town right, right. now. So right. if this goes on too long, what's your sense of how uh, the damage, what the damage is going to be to your beloved industry? Uh, like anything, I think the fact is we're just coming out of COVID. Uh, you're seeing Regal start to emerge out of bankruptcy. AMC had its best month in four or five years, something like that. So people are just starting to get back their feet back underneath them. But we're we're looking at a lot of COVID or just end of COVID content that had been pushed back. Mm-hmm. So what will happen is if this goes on too long, you have a pipeline that they're not editing stuff. They're not working on anything. Everything's frozen. And downstream, that's going to cause a lack of content and you're going to have a problem. Yeah. I was reading uh, just uh, last night. Uh, that uh, I guess it's, it's, it's a haunted house, the Disney film Haunted House. Um, yeah, it it yeah. it basically tanked this weekend. Disney's had a bad yeah. run of late, uh, yeah. and at one point they were they were number one for years running. They've had a bad run of late. This was a major opportunity for Tiffany Haddish, a great cast. Rosario mm-hmm. Dawson made an amazing cast of characters. Uh, uh, actors, rather, in this film, it did not do well. Now, having said that, it didn't score particularly well uh, going into theaters, but the fact that none of those actors could get out and promote the film because they're not allowing actors to do that while we're on strike suggests that movies that aren't being marketed and promoted properly don't get a chance to come out of the blocks. And I'm sure if Tiffany Haddish were here right now, she'd say, Tabitha, it wasn't a bad film. Um, and Disney may have had some bad run, had a bad run of, of, of late, but this film is a good film. It did not do well because we didn't get a chance to come on KBLA and other stations, WBOK, other stations across the country, and promote the film. That's what they that's what they would argue. I was thinking about uh, uh, Denzel. Uh, uh, Denzel's got a film coming out, uh, Equalizer Three. Is yeah, dropping yeah. Uh, unless they pull it back. I keep seeing every yeah. time you think something is coming out. You get word that they're going to pull it back. I mean, Equalizer 3 should be a huge summer hit uh, for D. Yeah. And yet D, yeah. uh, you know, I, I talked to D. D was coming on this program. He'd already set the, we'd already set, you know, a, 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 set the schedule for him to come on to talk about it. He can't do it now because of the actor strike. Right. And yet I keep hearing commercials. So my assumption is at the moment that Equalizer 3 is still going to drop, but it ain't going to do what it's supposed to do. If if D can't get out and promote it, so we're starting yeah we're starting to get to that point now, where the lack of promotion is hurting these openings. Yeah. Stacy Spikes. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. The only thing I would push back a little bit is on uh, Barbenheimer. You know that thing sucks so much air out of the room. Right. You saw that Tom second week with Mission Impossible. Mm-hmm did much worse and we saw what he did when he came out with top gun so he he can hold the box office and you know it it just sucked the air out of everything in the room and so i think that haunted suffered a bit from that i think it also could have benefited uh being closer to halloween um but they had a lot of confidence in it that's why they put it in the summer 
But I, I think it had more to do with Barbie and Oppenheimer. Yeah. Um, if it had the right, because programming is very key. Right? Yeah. You're gonna you're gonna steal lunch from somebody else. I got it. And so, if you don't give it enough space, yeah, you're gonna get cannibalized. It, and I, I I don't think anybody could have seen. Barbie and Oppenheimer were going to do. No, I think and, you're right. I think you're right. Um, the uh, Disney uh, film Haunted House cost $200 million to make, uh, and it made $24 million the first weekend. It gets worse than 24 as it goes on. $200 million to make, only brought in $24 million first weekend. Not a good look for, for Disney. Uh, when we come forward, Stacey Spikes, and we're talking Hollywood stuff in part because he created MoviePass, and we'll talk about MoviePass and his creation and what happened to it when we come forward on uh, Tavis Smiley with our guest, Stacey Spikes. More honesty than you can handle. More empowerment than you can imagine. You're tuned in to Tavis Smiley. Smiley. Uh, Stacy Spikes, I'm laughing because uh, <laughs> I have a really, 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 really smart audience. Whenever I make a mistake, because I am not human and divine, whenever I make a mistake, uh, I can be, I can, I can say something wrong three times, and I got two people staring me in my face, and they won't hear it, they won't correct me, but my listeners will correct me. Um, so there's at least one person who saw the Disney film because they called to correct me, and you were kind not to. I'm sure you picked up on it, but you didn't want to correct me on there. I kept saying haunted house. It's haunted mansion. Yeah, it's not haunted house. Um, so that just means that Miles and JD didn't see it, uh, and I clearly did not see it. Uh, according to the numbers, not many people did. But at least one person in Chicago, I ain't going to call your name out. I ain't going to embarrass you. Not embarrass you, but at least one person in Chicago saw it and said, Tavis, it's actually called Haunted Mansion. Uh, and that one person in Chicago was not Tiffany Haddish. Uh, so somebody uh, saw uh, Haunted Mansion. It is not Haunted House. Uh, but uh, I, I, I correct that. Uh, in, in any event, uh, not many people w- will notice that distinction. And again, only one person reached out to me because, again, the numbers indicate that not many people saw it uh, anyway to correct me uh, on Haunted Mansion versus Haunted House. But I digress on that point. Now, uh, that said, I always want to be uh, transparent and, and, and truthful around here uh, and, 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 yeah. a- and, and, and accurate. I, I pride myself on being accurate, and I just slipped up and said Haunted House, and I should have said Haunted Mansion. All right, that's it. Um, back to Stacy Spikes. In case you've just tuned in, Stacy Spikes has a new book out. It's called Black Founder, The Hidden Power of Being an Outsider. He is a black technologist um, uh, and a good one. Uh, USA Today says he's one of the 21 uh, most uh, influential uh, and important uh, black folk in technology, uh, and we'll talk more about his book when we move forward. We've been talking, at least at least we were for the past few minutes, about about Hollywood stuff, because once again, he is the, the founder of MoviePass. Now, there's a fascinating story that goes with how this black technologist founded MoviePass, how he lost MoviePass, and how he got MoviePass back again. Um, it's a good thing we have an hour because it takes it takes a while uh, to unpack these stories. So I'm going to give you a few minutes, uh, Stacy Spikes, to tell me how our brother created MoviePass that we all know about, how our brother lost MoviePass, and how our brother got MoviePass back again. I pass the mic to you, Stacy Spikes. Uh, well, you you did a great setup. I'll fill in a few of the few of the gaps. Um, so me and a wonderful brother named Hame Watt, my co-founder. Um, back in 2011, 2012, we wanted to make Netflix for movie theaters. And we thought, hey, a lot of people like going to the movies. Maybe we could launch a subscription service. And uh, we worked really hard. We, you know, got got lucky with some great investors. And we were able to get it up on its feet. And for five years, 
you know, we, we, we did our thing and a lot of people respected the brand. And in 2017, we got a buy offer and a private equity group uh, wanted to come in. And uh, one of the requirements, the price point was $30 a month for an all you can eat. You could go to the movies every single day if you wanted to mm-hmm. any theater you wanted. Well, they came in and said, well, we want to make it grow faster. Uh, Netflix is $10 a month. Let's make this service $10 a month. And I said, well, that's a little cheap because that's cheaper than the average movie ticket. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know how that's going to work. And they said, well, you know what? We know what we're doing. We're buying you. You're not buying us. (laughs) And and part of the uh, lockup period, so often when founders – a uh, company get bought. There's three ways that it happens. They'll buy you out cash, right? His money, walk away. Mm-hmm. They will do a cash stock mixture. So here's some cash. Here's some of our stock. And then there's purely stock. Well, we were in the middle. We were part cash, part stock. And mm-hmm. the long, what they will do is they'll have what's called a lockup period because they don't want the founders just to walk out the door and then people who were excited about the brand said, well, wait, why did Elon Musk or mm-hmm. so-and-so just leave the company, right? So they'll keep you around for about a year or two for transition. So we had this lockup period, which we couldn't exercise our exit, and it was 12 months. So we put the $10 price point. We think we're going to add 100,000 people, and we ended up adding in, in, a, in a few months – we ended up adding 100,000 new customers in less than 48 hours. People were like, 10 bucks a month. And I said to them, we need to turn this off. Got to turn this off right now. There's no way that's going to work. And they're like, no, look how fast we're growing. Mm-hmm. We agreed to disagree. They said, we don't think you like our, our new business model after we hit about a million and a million and a half people. And they said, we'll, we'll take it from here. You go sit home. And they, they fired me. And because I said, you're going to go bankrupt. Yeah. And they uh, didn't listen to what I said, went up to 3 million customers, and then went bankrupt. And over COVID, everything happened. And nobody bought the company because I think everybody was in a COVID mindset. Nobody was checking for movie theaters. And I bought the company back last year for $140,000. In 2017, it was worth nearly half a billion dollars. I, I was about to ask that question. What was the, the height of valuation? Uh, a half a billion dollars is the height of valuation. And he bought it back out of bankruptcy for $140,000. Um, what say you about that, Stacey? Around here, we say, we say, won't he do it? That's what we say, won't he do it? Hey, if I could have gotten it back, the brand was strong. Uh, according to some uh, third parties, more than 50% of moviegoers in the United States are aware of the brand. It is very hard to build a brand, and we had built one very successfully. And so if I could bring it back, I looked at historically, whether it was Steve Jobs or when Michael Dell went back and took over Dell Computers. Mm -hmm. Um, There's been a few times in American business history where the founders came back 
and they were able to finish the mission that they they were trying to do to build a great company. Yep, um, you could write a book about it. In fact, you have written a book <laughs> about <laughs> some of your experiences. It's called Black Founder: The Hidden Power of Being an Outsider. But let me just ask you, top line, um, a couple of things that you learned from that uh, specific and unique experience of starting something, selling it, having the folk you sold it to screw it up. And having to come back and rescue it to, to rebuild the brand. Just give me a couple of things you've learned about this experience from this experience overall, Stacey Spikes. I think if I could do it again, I probably would have fought for uh, far more cash up front. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was that was telling. Um, I think if they had listened, we probably all would have it would have been fine. But they, mm-hmm. you know. And then I think the other big thing is. Um, <clears throat> You know, really having more people of color in positions of venture capital that we could have gone to, um, you know, there's no, there, there's a handful, there's very few, uh, other than mom and pops, there's very few theater owners of color in North America. There are no heads of studios of color. And so we make up between black and brown people almost 50% of the box office, but we don't, we're not part of the decision making process. Mm-hmm. We had Magic Johnson in there for a little bit. So having someone in the food chain is important. And so I think the biggest thing was uh, you're seeing it more and more that there's a lot more people of color being able to create yeah. funds and be able to capitalize businesses because it's very hard to create generational wealth. If you're not, they were able to get funded, but we didn't get funded. And that's how you lose, you lose brands built by black people. No, I get it. Speaking of black people, um, I am a black founder, but I always uh, am anxious to learn from other black founders. Uh, His memoir is called Black Founder, The Hidden Power of Being an Outsider. I want to probe that when we come forward with Stacey Spikes on Tavis Smiley. Helping to Helping make, to make you, you the most knowledgeable person in your circle of friends. This is Tavis Smiley. Stacey Spikes, um, I love this memoir, Black Founder, The Hidden Power of Being an Outsider. What is the hidden power of being an outsider? It seems, uh, counter, it seems uh, counterintuitive, but, uh, but, what, but what is the hidden power of being an outsider? You know, my, my point of view is that when you are on the outside, you are... Um, there's very little expectations around your success, which mm. means you create a dynamic. Um, Malcolm Gladwell talks about the 10,000 hours. Sure. Well, you can perfect your craft where people aren't paying attention to you. So, you know, people didn't see Venus and Serena coming. People weren't checking for Jordan when he was still riding the bench and he wasn't who he became. And so sometimes when you're that underdog or that outsider, you can work in the shadows without the spotlight or people like you started at the top of the episode, putting a brand on you that says, Oh, I know you're going to make it Mm. right. Uh, Sometimes that outsiderness makes you work harder it makes you fight harder. It ha- you have to build your craft so much more than you would if you had the money, you had the cash, you had the family, you mm-hmm. went to the right school. You don't have to. You don't have to work the same way. Yeah. And cream does rise to the, to the top. And so, I was trying to showcase 
in the book, and it's been my experience in, in a lot of people I've seen, being an outsider has a lot of advantages, and sometimes you want to see it from that point of view versus giving up and saying, mm. I didn't go to the right school, so why should I try? No, I love that. Um, so let me just ask then, when the Hollywood Reporter put you on their list of 30 under 30, I mentioned uh, that you were on the list of the, the 21 most important black folk in technology, influential folk in, uh, black folk in technology, but some years ago, Hollywood Reporter uh, put you on that list of 30 under 30. How did that in any way change your status as an outsider? Now you're being recognized by one of the one of the one of the leading uh, trades in this industry. How did that change your status as an outsider? How did that change to the extent that it did your expectations of yourself once you make their list? You know, the out. So uh, you know some of the people that I'm about to say, but back in the day, Gerald Busby sure. was the CEO of Motown. And mm-hmm. I was at Motown when I ended up on that list because I was Boys to Men's product manager. Mm-hmm. And Gerald Busby said something to me. He said, never stay anywhere more than four years unless you have equity in the mm-hmm. business. And the thing that that, that article made me realize and Gerald telling me that and pulling me aside where I'm hanging out with Clarence Avon, I'm Mm. hanging out with Gerald, I'm hanging out with Michael Bivens, I'm watching these guys run the game and I didn't own anything. Mm. So Tavis, I realized even though I was being acknowledged, I had no generational wealth capabilities because I didn't own anything and so that's the part that makes it that makes you an outsider where you're a check away from trying to find a job. <laughs> point, point, well taken. Uh, he realized he was on the outside, and there's power uh, on being on the outside. But eventually, you want to use that power on the outside to get on the inside. I digress. His book is called Black Founder, The Hidden Power of Being an Outsider. His name is Stacy Spikes, and you're listening to him right now on Tavis Smiley. May Fresh Daily in the Mert Park, Los Angeles, California. You're listening to Tavis Smiley. Just a few minutes left here in conversation with Stacy Spikes, and I've enjoyed this immensely. Uh, he's the author of the book Black Founder, The Hidden Power of Being an Outsider. Uh, he is the founder of Movie Pass, uh, which he uh, uh, co-founded and, 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 and built up and then lost and had to come back and rescue again. <laughs> Uh, out of the dust being out of the dustbin of history, as they say, uh, blow it off, shake it off, uh, and and bring it back. So that said, before I lose you at the top of the hour here, uh, mm-hmm. now that you were able to buy this back, uh, for those again who may have just tuned in, it's a fascinating story. You got to read about it. Uh, Black founder, hidden power of being an outsider. He he creates movie pass. It becomes valued. The valuation at its height was five hundred million dollars. Um, uh, you know how, how much you said? You said half a billion dollars. I'm sorry, half a billion dollars. You said. Um, was yeah. The, yeah, half a billion, excuse me, with a B, half a billion um, with uh, in valuation. Uh, he, he loses it. Uh, he sells it and ends up being pushed out, uh, loses it, and comes back to buy it out of bankruptcy once they screwed it up for $140,000. Uh, half billion dollar evaluation, buys it back out of bankruptcy for one hundred and forty, and now he's on the road to... to um, to, 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 to bringing this thing back. So tell me where you are in that process in the two minutes I have left, Stacey Spikes. Uh, thanks, Avis. So, yeah, we uh, bought it back, and it's been up since January. We have been seeing a lot of traction. People have loved it. You can see people are going back to the movies again, and uh, it's right on time. And 
the new version of the platform. People really do like it and enjoy it, and a lot of people are happy to see it back. Probably the one big difference between, say, uh, a, a movie theater is you can use movie pass to go anywhere versus you can only go to one theater. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's that's the big difference that a lot of people appreciate. Yep. Um, but it was that way the first time you did it, was it not? Yep. 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 It was, so, it was that way the first time. Got it. So as a, as a black technologist, is there something that uh, you say people love the new experience? Is there something you learned over those years while you were inside, for that matter, or outside uh, that uh, you've now tweaked about the way MoviePass works? Yeah, the big thing was we saw that people were interested in a price point. So how do you make $10 work? How do you make $20 or $30 work where we, it was set at those different levels? And so we used a point system with credits that now you can get so many credits at a $10 level or $30. And that way, you if you're a person who goes every weekend or if you're a person who goes once or twice a month, we were able to fix it so that you come in wherever you're comfortable at the price. Right. So we met both worlds, and that's how we were able to do it. And that's why you are you are a brilliant black man. That's why you are a black founder. See, if the white if the white boys who bought the company had paid attention to you or listened, they would have figured out that you want to tear you want to tear this thing. You want to have tears, and the company wouldn't have gone bankrupt. But that's what they get. And you got it back for one hundred forty thousand dollars. And I ain't mad at you, Stacy Spikes. Um, his book is called Black Founder: The Hidden Power of Being an Outsider. Uh, he's the founder of Movie Pass. Movie Pass is back. I love uh, the stories of black entrepreneurs, the stories of black founders. Nothing that gives me greater joy than to advance these narratives and to share these stories and encourage you to support these black owned businesses, these black owned creators. So if you are getting back into going to the movies and you've never looked at Movie Pass or uh, or knew anything about Movie Pass or how it works, uh, you can save money on it. Uh, and that's always a good thing for black people. You save money, black folk, uh, by going to Movie Movie Pass, and I highly recommend you check it out. Stacy, congratulations on the book, on getting Movie Pass back, and all the other great things that are in your future. A delight, sir, to have you on this program. Tavis, thank you, man. Thank you for everything. I appreciate you. Hour three of Tavis, Molly. When we come forward.